Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And welcome. This is Samara Luna. And this is Raven Doll. And this is the Tree of Life Hour here on the Pagans Tonight Radio Network. The Tree of Life Hour is brought to you by the Tree of Life Community Center, a nonprofit group of people trying to create space for earth-based religions and philosophies. And our show is all about the pagan community and things we think we should be discussing or know about. Um, And just so everybody knows, this weird road will be after us tonight. So um, I do want to apologize to everyone uh, last week. Um, I was not able to do the show. Ravenfire had to work, which was already planned. But um, my familiar passed away. Um, I did put a little uh, note at the beginning of the replay last week. That I just wanted to remind everyone and just let everybody know I'm sorry. It was a little rough on me. Um, it's actually kind of rough tonight. He's usually here in the room with me. And he's not. That um, I did bring his ashes and these um, stones that I used in ritual um, last first hour and night. Um, I brought them into the room with me because it just felt appropriate. So I just want to apologize again. And I do want to address something that is very scarce out there on the Internet. I was just talking to Raven Power about this. Um, but, okay, the Internet's been around for how long now that people have been using it a lot? Ten years? Fifteen years? Over 20 years. Over 20 years? Okay. Well, I didn't get to use it till pro- a lot until probably about 15 years ago. I was broke. I didn't have money to pay in it. Um, so you would think in that time, because Witchbox has been around for a long time, that you would think in that time that there would be multiple articles, multiple rituals out there about a pa- that have to do with the passing of a familiar, whether it be a cat, dog, ferret, whatever. I found two rituals in one article about dealing with the passing of a familiar. That's all I found. I even asked in a Facebook group and someone posted on my comment uh, that a ritual I'd already found. But luckily, it was one that I was trying to find again, so I was able to get it again. But I'm just surprised at the lack of material out there and the lack of items to help people with passing with the familiar because, and I've talked to other people that have had their familiars passed and they agree with me. It's almost like, like a significant other passing. It, it rips, I mean, it rips you apart. You know, this animal that you pretty much, it feels like you share your soul with and they're with you all the time, unconditional love. And now they're gone. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot out there addressing it. Um, and as far as someone that wants to say, well, you can write your own ritual, yes, you can. But you're not really in the mindset if it happens suddenly. I mean, I knew he was sick, 
been as far as the end actually coming. It happened suddenly. It was like Sunday night he, he got even sicker all of a sudden, and he hadn't been that sick. And then Monday afternoon we had to put him, put him to sleep. Um, so your mindset after that happens is not a mindset to write a ritual. So, I mean, but right this hard, wouldn't you think there'd be more stuff out there? I'm actually surprised there's not. I found like one article on Witch Fox and nothing else. As in, they had written like a poem and stuff for their familiar and talked about their familiar passing. That all I really found was that one article on Witch Fox. So, I mean, it was a good article, but still, it, it's not going to take care of every one's views, you know. I, I'm, I mean, I found a lot of, you know, pet websites, but that's not really addressing the whole familiar issues to a pagan or witch. Yeah. Yeah, because you've just had a basically a piece of your soul ripped out. I don't Maybe know any I'll other write way to eventually. But it other than that. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll write something eventually. Not right now, but so I never got my blog up and running. That kinda crashed and burned, but eventually maybe I'll write something and have someone post it somewhere or post it just on Facebook and share have everybody share it. I don't know. We'll see. But I just wanted to address that and let everyone know what was going on. So um, tonight there has been a article going around Facebook. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have probably seen it because I've seen all my pagan friends sharing it. And then I posted it on um, Ravenfire's page earlier today and told her I thought we should discuss it on the show. So, yeah, uh, Ravenfire, do you have a chance to read it? Yeah, I think I ran across it about a week ago, actually. It came out four days ago. Well, maybe I, I read it because I remember coming across it through one of my Facebook, you know, one of my Facebook groups, I think, was talking about it or something. But that's what, I, but I remember, like, running across it. So, um, so what we're talking about is there's a blog post by um, the occultlibrarian.blogspot.com, and she mm-hmm. posted a editorial, um, and it's titled, Paganism Has a Creepy Guy Problem. Um, now, I'm trying to figure out how to get into this. Uh, Raymond Fire, maybe you can help where to start. I, I, I'm having trouble figuring out where to start. Um, I'm trying to figure out. Um, I guess, I guess, you know, hmm. Well, and okay. I guess maybe well, let's... a little bit, because this is more than just paganism. This is also part of our, like, broader culture 
Right, and and but part of the reason that uh, she addresses paganism specifically in this article is because, and that's probably a good place to start. Why she even addresses addresses it within paganism. Um, she talks about how paganism provides, sorry, I can't talk all of a sudden. Um, As she puts it, I'm going to say word for word, because she actually puts, provides a strong corrective to values in the dominant culture that simultaneously cast sexuality as something morally negative and use a market approach to sexuality that leads to objectification of humans, um, especially women, but not exclusive. Um, And that paganism has an extraordinary degree of sexual openness. Openness Within pagan circles, there's a high-level acceptance of LGBTQ members of the community. A broad range of sexual orientations and practices are accepted and celebrated as part of the human experience. Uh, if, if it is safe, sane, and between consulting adult, consenting adults, pagans generally fine with almost anything. Uh, female sexuality is fully accepted as a valuable part of human experience, and women are supported in claiming and developing their sexuality in a positive way. So, paganism is pretty open, pretty, you'd think, pretty equal, right? Uh-huh. Um, so... Her next address is the bad, that sexual permissiveness is not inherently sex positive. So um, sexual positivity at its foundation requires full consent of all partners. Any form of coercion is antithetical. While it is critically important that pagan women can be fully sexual beings, this can morph into an expectation that they are always going to be sexual. I've seen this firsthand. Uh-huh. Um, and she actually goes on to address, too, about how just because you're married or have a boyfriend or have a partner. Uh-huh because polyamory is so big within the pagan community that some people press more than they would even outside of the pagan community uh-huh. as far as hitting on a woman, as far as innuendos, um, I mean, there's some pressure there. And, and a lot of women just try to laugh it off because they're afraid to press the issue. Now, yeah. I'm not polyamorous, but I've been asked, when I've, ter- when I've told someone I'm married, I've been asked, are you poly? No, sorry. I mean, we're so ingrained that when someone hits on you and stuff and you tell them that they're married, that usually you expect them to back off. But you know, within the pagan community, that happens less, actually. Because their next question is if you're poly. Well, and not only that, you know, the, the, the author also goes further into the point that a lot of times that women, we tend to use um, the fact that we have a significant other as an excuse because we're 
we're only as valuable as we are if like we're property to another usually usually man because yeah because we don't feel comfortable being abrupt or being um outright and tell someone no hey I'm don't hit on me I'm not interested we don't feel comfortable doing that And um, part of the reason is because we're afraid, and she mentions this in the articles, is because women are afraid of what that could cause. It could cause the person that you're being straight with to get aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens with cat calling every day anyway. You ignore them, they keep cat calling. You tell them no, they cat call even more or get, you know, mm-hmm. aggressive. So, and she even points out that she feels that maybe some men in the pagan community are actually in the pagan community because they feel like they can get away with more than what they can get away with even outside the pagan community. Well, and I think, you know, well, any community has its fair share of predators. I'm not... I'm not disputing that, but yeah, I mean, I could see where she has that point. Um, I mean, I know I've gone to festivals and stuff and, you know, had, you know, people, you know, hit on me and not understand that I'm not interested and, you know, that I'm not, you know, that because I'm a female pagan, I should be interested. And it's like, no, that's not always the case. Or they want to, or if you're dancing at a festival, either around the fire or at a concert, they will rub up against you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, hold off, we're not in the middle of a dance club. Not that that should be really happening in a dance club anyway with someone you don't know, but. We're not in a dance club. We're in a ritual environment. Whatever. It's not that kind of thing. Back off. (laughs) Well, and a lot of times, you know, as women, we're kind of raised to be nice and polite and don't be rude and don't be abrupt and consider everybody else's feelings. And sometimes... You know, and sometimes in this situation, the way we're raised is actually a large disservice to us. Because right, we're taught, because we you know, should be, we should feel wanted. We should, we, you know, that should make us feel wanted. That's a good thing, and blah blah blah. And that's like my whole story with being cornered at when I was working in high school by the guy I had a crush on. I, my thought was. This is a good thing. Later on, now that I'm an adult, no, it wasn't. He didn't have any right to do that. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, um, let's see. One day at work, I had a coworker, and it was a male coworker, and he would not stop touching me on the back of my arm. And when I told him to stop, I didn't get, oh, I'm sorry. I got the, well, why are you being so touchy? Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm viewed as touchy because I don't want my bodily autonomy, autonomy violated by you. You know, I don't know you. Quite honestly, I don't like you. Um, and I don't want you touching me. Right. And that's, that's, and this goes into also something that she said. I'm going to read another part of this article. It says, so suddenly in a pagan context, all the indirect ways of communication, which we just talked about, I have a boyfriend, um, you know, where we can bring a third party in to the conversation because we don't feel comfortable in it, stuff like that. So indirect ways of communicating fail. Um, even the time-honored I have a boyfriend doesn't work because of the acceptance of polyamory frequently morphs into an expectation that the woman might be into it. The expectation is that a woman who is not interested should just say no, but that doesn't take into account all of our experiences, not just in the past, but as soon as we walk out of a pagan space. It doesn't take into account how much that really requires of women, of many women and the anxiety load it creates. And for people who think that it is only men in the dominant culture who react badly and get scary when a woman doesn't want to have sex with them, dream on. Additionally, there, there is not as clear a division about when it is and it is not appropriate to hit on somebody, which also increases the anxiety load. Plus, what many men, including many pagan men, never seem to understand is the extreme cognitive dissonance that many women live with in which it is flattering to be told that you are attractive and also terrifying in the same moment. I want to address that comment right there. One of my Facebook friends actually posted today that this country has become so PC, it's harassment to tell a woman she's pretty. That's not exactly it. He's not getting it. What it is, is women have been trained that if someone, if, if someone tells you you're pretty or beautiful, the next thing is going to be you're getting hit on or you are getting harassed. Mm-hmm. It causes anxiety to be told you're pretty anymore. I mean, it's one thing when you're a little kid, you know, people tell little kids they're pretty or handsome all the time, no big deal. But as soon as you become an adult woman and a guy tells you you're pretty and then they start hitting on you or harassing you to the point where you're told you're pretty, you become a deer in the headlights. Right. It's not the you're pretty that is actually harassment. It's the what usually comes after it that's the harassment. So it's become um, Pavlov. Pavlovian. You know what I'm talking Yeah. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, it has to do with um, bell rings, dog gets a treat. Do it so many times, bell rings, don't give the treat, the dog still slavitates. I can't talk because psychologically he's expecting that treat. Right. Have you seen it? That's the only comment I've seen really like that, though, from any of my Facebook friends. Have you seen any comments like that? From people about, about, oh, see, I don't, I don't see it on Facebook. I hear it a lot. 
about, you know, and, and you hear it in a lot of um, hyper-masculine workplaces. It's just like being, you know, all the women are so fucking touchy. Oops, sorry, pardon my language. Um, I made it PG-13. The guys are on after us. That's <laughs> true. But, you know, like I'll hear, hear women comments like, oh, my gosh, all the women around here are so touchy. Like, you say one thing out of line and they're going to they're going to report you to HR and it's like you know what a lot of times i think what a lot of people don't see is just what especially men you know they don't understand what it's like to be harassed on a daily basis and yes men we're not saying that men don't get harassed they get harassed we're not denying that, but they get hurt. If the Me Too thing showed anything, women get harassed a lot more than men. Oh, yeah. And, and here's another thought. If you wouldn't do the same thing, say the same thing to a man that you're saying to a woman you don't know, maybe you shouldn't be saying it. Well, I really like the meme that was going around about Dwayne Johnson. And she mentions that actually in the article because she talked about some ideas for future thinking. So why don't you go into it and then I'll, I'll say what she says. Um, so basically it's something uh, – <laughs> it's basically something Dwayne Johnson himself kind of did. And, you know, I actually – I'm a big fan of The Rock. Um, and he – and basically the whole premise behind it is, you know, treat every person you work with as if they were Dwayne Johnson. So, like, you know, if you're going to try to objectify someone, you know, I mean, he's this very large, charismatic, you know, not really, I wouldn't say really imposing individual, but you know, he's got a bigger build and whatnot. And basically when guys see women, they, they kind of put their foot in their mouth and well, you know, if instead of imagining a woman there, you know, it's another guy there, you're less likely to put a foot in the mouth. At least that's the theory. Yeah, she says, um, we need to set up some contextual understandings about when it is and is not appropriate to be hitting on each other. Much like the Dwayne The Rock Johnson exercise for the workplace, imagine you are talking to Dwayne The Rock Johnson and treat your female colleague like you would him. We need to set up some shared understanding about what behavior is appropriate and when. I would have to say, probably the... If you think a woman's beautiful, at you probably at this point just because the way women have been conditioned um, until this world changes, the most appropriate thing would be to treat them like another human being. And then once you get to know them a little bit, maybe then you can tell them you're, they're beautiful. Of course, if you didn't know them and you knew them at that point, you may decide they're not beautiful anymore. <laughs> or you maybe decide they're the most beautiful person in the world. 
it's just women being told by a stranger that they're beautiful kind of puts your defenses up. Yeah. Um, or like people being told, you know, you'll be walking around doing your business and someone will look at you and be like, smile, sweetheart. Yeah, for some reason, okay, if you work in customer service, yes, smile. That makes people feel comfortable. It makes people happier. You're, that's part of your job. But if you're walking around, you're not working, and someone tells you to smile, let me tell you, it only pisses you off. Because <laughs> that person, A, doesn't know what's going on in the other person's head, and B, is telling us what, we're only pretty when we smile? Mm-hmm. We only matter when we smile? Really? That we don't have a right to our emotions? That's another That's another thing that that, would, that kind of tells me. So um, one of the other things she talks about for ideas for future thinking, kill out, need to kill out language and thought patterns of rejection. The language of rejection suggests that if someone does not want to have sex with you, it is because you are less valuable and in some ways, some way it hurts you. Instead, the default expectation should be that people do not want to have sex with you, and if they do, it is because they want to share something with you. It is easy to say this, but it's harder in the moment to stand strong in your center. As pagans, I think we need to build and strengthen the understanding that the worth of each human being is not conditional and that we are strong in our center and self-worth. And then she goes on to say, as a related project, I think we need to be developing models of intimate relationships that are not erotic because if you are only intimate with people you are sexually involved with, then there is no way to address the issue of feeling like a, like a lack of sexual interest is a rejection of your worth. That's like the whole idea that best friend and women, or men and women can't be best friends. I'm saying that that's what she's addressing, not that it can't happen. I fully believe it could happen. I've had a best friend that was male and heterosexual. But it can happen. I mean, if you treat the person that you're having an intimate relationship with, it doesn't have to be sexual. It can be best friends. I mean, it. I think I even saw an article talking about how the lack of men having close relationships and actually hugging and touching each other is causing an issue. And that I would say that kind of falls in the same category, wouldn't you? Probably, yeah. Because there is that thought out there is that you can only be intimate with the person you have sexual relations with. Well, that's not true. And that's why a lot of guys don't have intimate relationships with other men. Because they don't want to be labeled as being gay. But that, and but the thing is, is that's what you're told when you're a guy, though, is that, you know, if you have an intimate relationship with someone of your gender... then that's what it, that's what happens as you get labeled like that. I mean, 
And I'm just saying that a lot of that is what our culture is teaching us. Right. So she also goes on to say that we need to find ways to make it safe for people to express desire and facilitate hooking up, but in ways that don't require women to use behaviors that are potentially dangerous. Again, putting women in situations where they have to say no is potentially threatening. It also doesn't take into account a common adrenaline response, which is to freeze. Not saying no is never the same thing as saying yes. I think we need to have some conversation about how we can get assent in ways that are not threatening, especially in situations in which people are likely to remain in community with each other. Hmm. What you got any thoughts on that? Not really. I mean, it's it, it's hard to, you know, it's. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm trying to think it out. I think it all comes down to actually getting an trying to get to know someone a little bit before you start hitting on them. Yeah. Because, like I said before, most women are conditioned that as soon as they start getting hit on, they freeze, they become defensive. Right. So she went on, um, there's more in the article as far as the whole body of the article. I'm just, we're just kind of touching on stuff right here, right now. Um, I do want to address some of the things that she edited to add after getting some comments. Uh, She said, based on comments in the Facebook feeds, I want to make a couple of clarifying points. First, I'm not saying that women are not also sometimes creepy. I am not assuming that the dynamic would be the same, so that is not my topic. The same thing as denying it occurs. Point two is similar. Yes, the world has a creepy guy problem. Many other contexts have a creepy guy problem or creepy people problem. I am pagan. I am interested in having the conversation about how to make the interaction between men and women in paganism healthier for all parties. Point three, if your comment in any way resembles not me, I am shy and afraid of being humiliated. How dare you talk about this? Violence against women is overblown. What do you mean by creepy anyway, feminist? Your answer, cre- your answer creepy. And I'm not sure you aren't a Russian bot anyway. <laughs> so um, she says, in the interest of trying to move things along in a more productive vein, if any women are willing to put some ideas in the comments, what would a good exchange look like if a guy was hitting on you and you were not interested? What would feel safe and does not require the guy to be a full-blown telepath? So, and see, that's on the person, too. Right. Um, tell you what, um, I am... It's probably time, yeah, it's time for us to take a break, and I figure maybe we can look at, um, address some of the comments that people made. Sure. And of course, we will do it anonymously. 
So um, we, I'm going to play a song. I need to figure out what song. I didn't have one picked out. Um, how about this? Uh, S.J. Tucker, Food, and the House of Mama Dragon. How's that sound? That sounds cool.
And we are back. Sorry, my computer decided to freeze up for a second. Uh, Ravenfire, did you make it through? I made it through. Yay. So um, did you have a chance to view any of the comments? Um, I tend to not read a lot of comments because usually I wind up getting angry and start cussing, and it's just never good. <laughs> Um, Someone Someone actually addressed something interesting, which actually crossed my mind while I was talking about it, but I didn't vocalize it. So they said this is especially complicated in sky-clad situations. While we are trying to establish that nudity does not always equal sex and that, that nudity is about acceptance, rejection of Christian standards, equality before the gods, or a number of other ideas, we come to the situation with our societal programming that says only, you only get naked in mixed company if looking for sex. And to that, the idea of perfect love and perfect trust making it seem an actual violation of one's religious ideas to be openly rejecting and the problem becomes more fraught. And they even says that they've noticed that some large gatherings have started using hug slash no hug stickers on name tags to help people set boundaries. I think that's actually a, a decent idea. Something I so, and someone posts, yeah, and someone uh, anonymously, and see, well, back on the hug, no hug thing real quick. There's a lot of people, you know, regardless of, you know, cre- the creepy guy problem that have issues with even being touched. So, oh yeah, so that absolutely. would help a lot of people with anxiety issues. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, we can kind of use me as a point. You know, I don't like being touched by people I don't know well. And I can get really, really defensive about that almost to the point where I, you know, and some of it is, you know, because of different places I've worked and stuff and different training that I've had, I tend to be a little touchy. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes people come up and, you know, try to touch me or hug me with, without really asking me first or, you know, and, I mean, my friends, you know, it's it's completely different when it's, like, friends or family. But when it's someone I don't know, you know, it's kind of like, um, why are you touching me? And I So, think, here's a... Sorry. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, here's a really interesting comment from a, a male that posted, um... He said, I'm quite sure that there have been times where I've been that creepy guy. I know there have been times that I've gone to festivals with part of my attentions being that I'd get laid. Sometimes those happen, sometimes not. Although my interactions with women at events are not principally centered on my dick, at least I hope not. Having a sex-positive and body-positive community means different things to women than men. From what I have been told by women friends, that's in parentheses, although there is an overlap and negotiating our way out of the power differential of the broader culture isn't smooth and easy. 
I would rather that we kept trying and didn't decide that a puritanical reaction, no slide pad work, no sexual symbolism, and continued slut shaming and body shaming was safer. It isn't, and it reduces the autonomy of women. A conversation we need to keep having. This is all from the same guy. Well, yeah, we should be having the conversation about body autonomy and stuff. I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just, you know, and I'm just, you know, when I say, you know, I'm not a touchy-feely, you know, if I don't know you, don't go, don't come hugging up on me unless, like, I invite it. I mean, that. I mean, that's the thing. It's, um... I don't know how else to, to, I'm having a hard time putting things in the words tonight, I guess. Is, but, um, you know, the, I think the fact that, that, you know, the community is actually starting to talk about a lot of these issues and situations, I think, is, is honestly a good sign. And it's a sign of, you know, growth and... And it seemed to have at least made this one guy, at least seemed to make this one guy think. Yeah. Now, um, here's an anonymous post. It says, uh, what exactly constitutes a creepy person? What are the defined actions? Are these actions universal? I think these are individual reactions for each person. It is easy to label someone creepy if you don't find them physically attractive and they are showing interest in you, which is often the case. Also, many people are inherently socially awkward and may find it hard to communicate with others. Why doesn't someone in this, okay, (laughs) why doesn't someone come up with a glyph or sigil system for the pagan community that helps others to identify what they are, if at all sexually open to? I know that this line of thinking will spark the I don't like labels argument, so think of this this not as labels, not all labels are bad. They are there to help us. I caution what floor. Think of them as a road sign on your journal journey. First of all, okay, why should I have to wear a label saying that I'm not interested in sexual advances from you? I think that's going a little overboard, don't you? <laughs> I just don't think it's a per- – I mean, I don't think – I don't know. It's just like, that's just taking it too far, I think. I don't care if someone labels me or not, but at the same time, I don't want to have to walk around wearing something that says, I'm not interested, don't don't, don't hit on me. Being socially right. awkward and, and hitting on someone you don't know are two different things. Oh, no, agreed. Because, I mean, yes, there are actually a lot of, and I will say that I think one part of paganism being so accepting is that there are a lot of socially awkward people in paganism. There is a difference between being socially awkward, though, and someone that comes up to hitting on you. I'm sorry, the guy can be as attractive as they want to be. I'm still going to feel uncomfortable with someone hitting on me. 
Uh, I don't think it's appropriate. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Because, okay, let me rephrase. I don't think it's appropriate once you find out someone's not interesting, interested or is not showing interest, I should say. Just let it go. Well, not only that, people need to remember, you know, no means no. No doesn't mean, well, maybe, well, if I push, if I just push a little bit harder. No, no means no, no. Uh Uh-uh, ain't no way, ain't happening. Right, but then what do you do with when someone says something to you and you have that adrenaline reaction, adrenaline reaction of freezing? You can't get out that no. Right. Or what if you're afraid that telling them no might cause aggressiveness? Yeah, and that's and that and that's the that is part of the problem in our culture. It's it's that you know. And that's, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's really an interesting conundrum and an interesting thing that she's brought up, and I'm actually glad we're talking about it. So um, let's see. Oh, here's an interesting comment. One woman posted on Facebook, um, so have you ever tried sex magic? At least one dude to every pagan gathering I've ever been to. Yep. How many times have you heard that one? Oh, many. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Someone said that there are bad there are bad guys who have suspect or drawn to paganism because they can get away with things in their constant prospecting for of women in pagan circles that they can't get away with in the dominant culture. Oh, I think she's quoting the article. Um, and then they went on to talk about how this happens in the BDSM culture also. Yeah. Which I think we've addressed that before on one of the older shows. Well, and it's it's just... It's just... Uh, consent is such a hard thing for some people to understand. Some people just do not, in the face of this earth, do not understand that no means no. Okay, so here's one guy's post. He says, the creep discourse is full of shit. Because you make people uncomfortable doesn't mean you are being abusive, violent, or or acting criminally. Most people act in a manner others consider creep just by an overload of anxiety, usually because of a history of a history of experiences went wrong. Most would expect pagan circles would have a more mature approach to sex and communication of intent, but what we get is quite the opposite. It's full of people unable to deal with unwanted, unexpected attention and drowning class warfare, gender discrimination, sexist ideology, misandric feminism. If men or women hit on you, it's not the end of the world, nor it means you're, you're nor it means you're being objectified. Just fucking grow and learn to discern awkwardness from violent abuse. No one ever said it was violent abuse. Right. 
Okay, why did I just lose my post? Oh, I wanted to see some of the replies to his comments. Um, <laughs> and I lost his comment. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh, I'm not going through all those comments because there's like 70 comments to them and I can't get to the first one, so. <laughs> but yeah, I don't agree with what he's saying. No one ever said it was acting criminally or anything like that. We're just pointing out how it makes women feel. Maybe you shouldn't be hitting on people that you think that I mean, first of all, there must be an issue that he's thinking that people are in all the pagan groups are uh, need to grow up and aren't more open about discourse. Well, if you're socialized one way, that's what happens. Mhm. No, I agree. The problem is the way we're source, source, uh, um, socialized, and especially women, especially women in our culture. You know, we're taught to be nice and quiet and don't offend anybody because you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. I mean, and that's what we're taught. You know, we're not, you know, we're taught, we're, we're taught all these different things in the culture that are um, basically teach us to be passive and don't rock the boat and, all this other stuff. And we're not, you know, we're not being taught, like, you know, what we need to do to make ourselves feel safe and feel better. Apparently there's a lot of mansplaining going on in in the comments on this Facebook post. Because a lot of people are like, hey, will y'all just listen to the article and quit mansplaining? (laughs) Oh, one person said, looking at each other like sex object is basic human biology. Men and women are built to attract a mate, even though it's no longer our intention. I don't know if I believe that. Kids don't learn to treat each other differently until they get older. And that's because of society. Right. What do you think of that? I think that's complete and utter horse hockey. So, hopefully that will get people thinking... So, in this, and a lot of people are like, oh, you're being a feminist, whatever. You know what? Hmm. Maybe there's an issue out there. If someone is saying something, there's lots of people agreeing with it. Maybe there is an issue. Think about that. It's not just women getting up in arms because they're feminists. So, but it is about time to end the show. So, or at least our show. This weird road will be on afterwards. So um, I need to bring up events. I guess I'm going to try to bring it up through Facebook since my on the computer because my app doesn't 
wanted to show me anything after a couple weeks. So, so is there anything, anything you wanted to say on the subject in closing before I go into upcoming events? Well, I mean, people just need to learn to respect one another. Kind of my whole thought. Okay. Um, It looks like... Oh, my gosh, my computer. I need a new computer. Anyone want to donate a new computer to me? <laughs> My laptop, I think, is trying to die. Okay, so I might have to go back to my uh, app on my Facebook because, yeah. Well, anyway, November 14th is in the November PAC meetup, Pegging an Alliance for Kentuckiana at the Denny's in Louisville, Kentucky, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then... Words of Power, Archangels and Orders of Angels with Charity at Omar Gregory Soap and Tea Company in Nashville, Tennessee, November 18th, 4.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I am going back to my Facebook app. So I will only be able to go out so far. Sorry, everyone. But at least I'll be able to do this a lot faster. Uh, November, um, next Friday is the Louisville Heathen Pub Moot at Hibachi Sushi Buffet, Bardstown Road, Hurstbourne Lane. Um, we'll be there starting around 7 o'clock. Oh, just to let you know, here in the Louisville, Kentucky area, at Prophecy, Inc. on Baxter Avenue, uh, Saturday, December 2nd, 11.55 a.m. to 11.50, I'm not sure. I think it's actually like noon to midnight. Um, there is the semicolon tattoo event that Ravenfire and I both got semicolon tattoos back in 2015 in memory of Angie or Angela uh, Wood, who was a member of the pagan community and a local artist. Um, she committed suicide, and it it, it hit us all. Um, so they did a semicolon tattoo event then, and it was very popular. They are doing one again this year. And, again, that's December 2nd um, from noon to midnight at Prophecy, Inc. on Baxter Avenue and Bardstown Road here in Louisville, Kentucky. And if you want to meet me, Samara Luna, I'll be there helping out. Uh, And then the next thing I have isn't until December 7th, Mind, Body, Soul Festival with Fairy and Earth Festival. And that is at Sertoma Youth Branch in Brooksville, Florida. It's December 7th through the 10th. Um, this is tickets are available on Eventbrite. I guess you look at Mindy Bolt, Mindy, Mind Body. Sorry, I was trying to say Mind and Body at the same time, apparently. Mind Body Soul Festival. Um, tickets are $50 for all four days for an adult pass. That's not bad. So then we also have I don't have a lot on the calendar for for that goes through December fifteenth and that's all I actually have on the calendar. For some reason I didn't have your event for next Friday on the calendar. Did you all not post on Facebook yet? Uh not yet. Um 
I guess not. Okay. Well, that is all for tonight uh, from us. So I hope everyone has a wonderful evening, and we will talk at you next week. And until next week, y'all be safe out there. And did you have a song pick out? Uh, no, I figured you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was. I just saw that. I was like, um, I don't have a song picked out. I wonder if she does. <laughs> okay, here, I'll pick one out real quick, and then you're going to take over and run the guy's show, right? Right. Okay, apparently my studio is frozen up. Is yours running? Um, yeah, mine is running. It's just not cooperating with me as much as I would like it to. Well, apparently it, okay, hold on. I got it going now. Yay. Um, let's do, um, I'm having a brain glitch on who SD is. Spiral Dance? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because of the song. Yeah, Spiral Dance. Sorry, it just says SD, and I was like, who's SD? Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to play um, Spiral Dance and A Woman of Earth. And then stay tuned to listen to Ulf and Bowler. Did I say it right? Bowley. Bowley? <laughs> Bowley. Okay, sorry. I don't know where I got the ER from. Um, and again, everyone have a blessed evening. We'll talk to you next week. So here is Proud Dance and a Woman of Earth.
Hey there, everybody. It's the only Viking that you're glad has a face for radio, Ulf Hammerhart. And as always, my partner in crime, Bully Thorne. Uh, I wouldn't say you're the only one. Well, I, mean, I, I guess we're a pair of. We've definitely been called a pair of nuts. Yeah. Uh, no. no. Hey, um, this week, folks, we are tackling... Hmm, maybe that wasn't the best. Tackling? <laughs> we are approaching the subject of... Uh, Coming out as heathen or pagan in general. Yeah. Or, you know, really, these, these principles could kind of be applied to anything. Yeah. If, um, if you've been living any sort of secret and you need to let people know. Yeah. So. And, and, and not the bad kind of secret, but, you know, because life's full of secrets, I reckon. But right. The not holding like something about yourself back from people, you know, uh... I know at one point when we were younger and uh, you and most of our other, several of our friends anyway, were Wiccan or yeah. variants of paganism, we referred to it as coming out of the broom closet. I think that, that term is still used. It's been, it's been kind of adopted in a popular sense. There's books about coming out of the broom closet. Oh, really? So it's yeah. been really popularized. It's not like I, you know... We didn't coin the phrase, but... Uh, more early on the bandwagon sort yeah. of thing without knowing it at yeah the time, it was just we a thing sports. that we did um, but yeah uh, it can be tell you know a lot of things something that often gets attributed to us true people or, or the viking culture which we often try to emulate is being tough and nothing bothers us in this net but coming out you know what I mean go, go ahead I, coming out as it were of the broom closet so to speak uh, or jumping on the longboat, as you now started calling it. <laughs> yeah, there you go, jumping on the longboat, yeah. Isn't uh, it always an easy thing to do, especially if, like myself and and lots of other folks we know, uh, you were raised in a Christian family who happened to think that that's the only way and that's all there is and that's it. Yeah. You uh, know, there there's this trepidation of what what are they going to think because I'm the type of person, I can't speak for anybody else's experiences but my I'm own. I well, I know you will, but um, <laughs> I don't give a rat's ass about most other folks' opinion, but there are a few people in this world, and my mother is one of them, so I am somewhat ashamed as a Thorsman to say that I was heathen for nearly 10 years before I came out to my mother, because my my father can be very borderline fundamenty, fun, fundy, I'll get that word out in a minute, fundamentalist. Which will probably uh, be next week's show, too, by the way. Yeah, we'll probably be talking about Fundy Pagans, so stay tuned. Um, but I was worried the freak out he would have. I honestly thought there was a chance I would be disowned. And being disconnected from him, I can deal with. Being disconnected from my mother Not was so a hurtful much. thought. Yeah. So I finally, after encouragement from my wife, uh, from this big burly gentleman sitting next to me, and, and as I said, the like one other person in this world outside of my mother whose opinion matters to me, I finally bulked up and t- 
talk to her and said, Mom, I've got something to tell you. And I had to laugh because her immediate response was, yeah, I know. <laughs> Which was not what I expected. Because she had referred to the hammer I've been wearing for years around my neck as what she thought was some odd form of cross. So I didn't think she had a clue. Turns out I was the one without a clue. So, you but... Know, I, I tell people it's my anchor. That's so not wrong either. Yeah, I was like, so that way I'm not actually lying to people. In case anyone's wondering, I am still a Lokian. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, um... I, I tell people it's my anchor. And then they'd be like, well, you know, anchor. And I'm like, well, I'm from Portland. Now, see, thing is, is those are two completely unconnected uh, statements, but I let them connect it all they want. Uh, well, the, the folks here in po Portland do have a lot of uh, anchor uh, paraphernalia. Well, back when Portland was its own city, the anchor yeah. was part of the symbol that was used. So, Well, it still um, is, really. Yeah. But, uh, like, the reason I said when you mentioned that that you're not wrong is because I think of this as our, our like a spiritual anchor yeah, it's what of sorts. You know, keeps me in place. Yeah. But I also know that my coming out of the room closet story, I got lucky. Yeah. There there are people whose, uh, I, whose occurrences there are not, not so happy. I never actually, well, I never actually told my mother. But you had, it was, you had similar fears, though, yeah. that I did. Oh, my, there's no. That wasn't a fear. That was a fact. Yeah, my mother would have lost her shit. She'd have told me, "You're the devil's gonna get you. You're gonna go to hell." Uh, and I'm like, "Well, that's still kind of a likelihood." Uh, but so, so this you know, definitely proves one thing, dear listener. Vikings love our mamas. We do love our mamas. We're not mamas boys, but we do love our mamas. I kind of so. am. Okay. Like still, really. Uh. Well, you know, when she wasn't in one of her bad shit modes, your mom was awesome. But, yeah. And I love his mother, but she could fall off the handle over weird stuff. So well, I, I I understand you I think being worried about coming out of the closet, too. We've uh, talked about it before. My, my mother had had um, scarlet fever when she was a child, and then it was backed up, like, immediately with whooping cough. Oh, wow. And all had, of, I remember the scarlet fever story. Yeah, I didn't know well, she had the double whammy. Well, it was actually worse than that. It started with... Um, she had gotten injured and nearly died of blood loss. While she was bedridden recovering from that, she got scarlet fever. Wow. As she was coming off of that whooping cough, she ended up bedridden for nearly nine months. Jeez. Uh, scarlet fever, back in the day especially, yeah. messed with your brain. Thankfully, it wasn't genetic. All my crazy comes from somewhere else. Oh, I mean, your crazy still comes right, from right, your family, you know, but uh, but other things, just like mine. But I'm not uh, as likely to pass it on to my kids. This is actually one of those few shows where I actually wish we had guests. We don't have guests on here very often, right? But I would. So this is one of those where even though we're recording it, it'll get to you folks late. Please call in, write to us on the computer chat boards, both. Think of a third way if I'm missing something. Well, share like, your experiences. There's with our us. email and our Facebook. Yeah, I would love to hear from other pagans and other heathens because I don't have a whole lot of specific heathen stories I've heard about this, about how you're coming out of the broom closet uh, stories went. You know, what? Right. did you have an easy time of it like myself? Or, or was it such a worry, a solid worry like Bully where you, you didn't ever tell anybody or still haven't? Well, and for those who no, haven't, I, I encourage you, 
you know, clutch your hammer. Take that as metaphorically as physically as you need to. <laughs> Take, a shot. Take a deep breath. Lean on your friends because, as we've always said, heathenism, we're big on community. We'll, we'll be there for you. Lean on your friends and, and be honest about who and what you are. Yeah. And I don't just mean, as uh, Bowley said toward the top of the show, I don't just mean being a heathen. If there's something else. If, Anything. If you're gay, you're transgender, you're... If you're a gay, uh, transgendered, pot-smoking... Uh, BDSM heathen, you know, we'll just cover just thanks, about all of them th- that thanks way. Thanks for adding that in there. You're welcome. Now I'm horny. <laughs> um, the point is, I know it's hard, but don't be ashamed of Stop who it. you are. You hit the table. Yeah, but I hit the soft thing that time. <laughs> I don't mean I'm not head. that soft. Uh, you did just mention... Never mind. Um, Moving on. No, not that kind of show, folks. Here's yeah. the thing. That there's strength in that, and I, I admit my weakness there. I should have been able to talk to my mom about it. Yeah, and but but parents are tough, man. It's a tough time. But that, when that's, she, you know, it's one of my regrets. I get it. Uh, well, I regretted I mine until out. I did it, and after actually, I, I still kind of regret, I regret having not done it sooner. In my case, because like I said, I didn't see that response coming from my mom. Well, you know what? It may not have happened that way had you done it beforehand. That's true, so, too. Um, I've never hit it from my brothers or any of my other family. Yeah. Uh, I kind of... I'm guilty of a crappy thing in that <laughs> I sort of throw it at my Christian fundy family, my extended family. I know some of the ones you're talking yeah, about. I, yeah, I... I sling that dick at them often. Well, uh, I'm not going to say it's a good thing, but I, I do somewhat understand it because it gets slung at you a lot. We yeah. all get it. I get it. We, I get attacked with it, and then I so will, you're I will argue my point, and then I will post a picture of my doctorate <laughs> in religious studies, and then I'm like, hey, you know, you know what your pastor has been, you know, the six quotes that he's been using for the last 18 years. But here's what I've got, so I'm just gonna lay this here and lay your you thing down like like Willie Smith, uh, go all Jack Webb on you. But whatever. <laughs> um, so we, I had to, I guess sort of a, uh, I kept the door propped open. Yeah, that's <laughs> an interesting way to put if it. If anybody wanted to come and look, and see, I was the same way. Like my little sister, we're we've never been like bosom buddy close, but. I, in adulthood, we're much closer than we were as kids. Right. And I didn't hide it from her. As a matter of fact, she thought it was kind of neat. She started pelting me, pelting me with shows that were questions that were rooted in the Viking show. Barefoot was in the right place. Yeah. Well, you know, we can't and she was a little baffled by the fact she was like, "You mean you believe in more than one God?" Because she is, she is staunchly Christian, but she doesn't ram it down other people's throats. She's not fundamentalist. Yeah, but she. But she. You, you say that, but she's kind of a C and E Christian, though, isn't she? A little bit, yeah. And for those who don't know, Christmas and Easter. Yeah. The ones who, that's when they show up at, they show up at church on Christmas, Easter, funerals, and any other big church functions. Right. Uh, we have the benefit of pretty much always I, existing in our church. Yeah. That That is one of the things I love about, and about being heathen. And people ask me, oh, what church do you go to? I'm like, I'm at church all the time. I never mention... <laughs> I'm just like, man, I'm at church. I, I practically live there. I, I actually, uh, I, I'm veering uh, off a little, but only I think a little because it's kind of related. I had somebody, uh, I was in, I took a trip with my wife, our, our belated honeymoon, in fact, recently to uh, the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. And while I was there, one of the awesome things I got to do was forge my own knife. 
Well, one of the guys it's helping. Excellent, buddy. Thank you, my friend. One of the guys helping with the end process, helping uh, grind the point on it, grind the the edge on it and everything. For some reason, turns to me while we're doing that and working and says, uh, "Do you attend church anywhere?" And I just simply said, "No." And he got this look like baffled, didn't know how to continue the conversation, and just stared at the grinder till he was done. I've never had that reaction. I mean, I didn't mention my my spiritual beliefs or anything. I right. just simply answered his question. Like, no, I, and apparently he doesn't know how to take someone that doesn't attend church regularly. So right. uh, that was an interesting experience, just kind of what I, you were saying there made me think about it. You know, the the closest I'd ever come to assaulting a really old person <laughs> happened over something like that. Uh, when my son was probably about six or seven months old, uh Michelle and I were heading to a the bus stop, and we had the boy with us, and um, in our little, you know, like the umbrella-type stroller and everything, and this little old woman comes up, and she's like, oh, he's so cute, and everything, I'm like, yeah, you know, he is, and... Uh, he was super adorbs. He's still adorbs. It's <laughs> he's just when they're a baby. nine so. foot tall now, and... <laughs> 17 years old, you've been at it a lot. Yeah, you oh, know, um, but he... Uh, back to the old lady she, talking story. She's like, oh, talking to him and everything, being all cutesy. And then she draws a fucking cr- a cross on his head and starts this whole blessing process. And I was like, whoa, 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 back up, lady. Yeah, what she's are like, you doing? She's like, well, I, Jesus loves the little children. And I'm like, yeah, he loves other people's children. Leave mine alone. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, I, I, I can at least definitely understand a stranger touching your kid, number yeah. one. And, and yeah, people just assume that their belief is everyone else's belief. Yeah. And that's weird to me, I guess, because, again, I've kind of had the blessing of having largely pagan friends since I was about... And large pagan friends. And large pagan friends. Since I was about 17. Yeah. And so that's a majority of my life at this point. And most pagans, I haven't found it... Really, I haven't found any pagans in people I've known for years or even people I've come across in passing at festivals and things who assume that their faith is is everyone else's. But Christians, and I, I, I try not to badmouth any path, but Christians do it all the time. They assume that they, everyone else is what they are. Yeah. And that's one of the factors that I think contributes to the hard time coming out of the burn closet for some people. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really sure how much... Uh, how much of this even sinks into people's heads? Because they, they, again, you have people who don't, they don't even read the Bible themselves, but consider themselves Christian. Yeah. And they absorb it through what their pastor says. And yeah. And, and that's even, whatever they but that's even if they school. do that. Yeah. I know, I, I know a lot of people who condemn me to hell who've never stepped in a church other than see, their, yeah. their baptism and C&E's or weddings and funerals mm-hmm. uh, and it's like if you if you actually read the Bible even just the Ten Commandments the first one tells you that there are other deities it says have no God before no me no other gods before me doesn't say there are no other gods doesn't even say right. you can't give uh, adulation to other gods just put him first or undulation well, whatever floats you uh, so, the the people who don't even think about that, when you do come out, quote unquote, to them, yeah, it's it's like 
you're talking to a brick wall because they can't even conceive that there is something else that you might be interested in or that might be true. And I have had that happen when people do things like they'll ask why I wear the hammer or something like that. And when you explain to them, well, I follow these other gods that aren't, you know, aren't yours, but I'm not saying yours are bad. This is is just what I follow. And they get this look like, what? Yeah. They they can't even, their worldview has been so closed, which isn't necessarily their fault in some cases, you know, that, that they don't, that they've never heard of even the possibility of there being other of other gods being real, that it it's something they can't make sense to. Right. It's like darts bouncing off the board. You know, they're not even sinking in. Doing, well, doing. here's like throwing ping pong balls at a dartboard. That's what it's like. Here's something I, w- I want to get out there. It has to be far more upsetting when you're talking about coming out as as gay or something else, because we do choose this. Right. We've chosen to be heathens. Now, it doesn't really feel like it, because you're like, well, this is just what makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It, which is why we often say things like, the gods choose us, or the gods choose right. who they choose. But we still, even if we feel like they chose us, we made that step toward them. Yeah, and, but I can't, I can't fathom holding on to something like that, something that is just yeah. who you are, and then people looking at you and go, well, have you tried not? Doing yeah, that. That, that's why I like the recent thing that happened in our country with the rat fuck that runs it right now. I'm just being flat out with the language today. Right. Uh, trying to say that transgender people couldn't be in our military because I can't really fathom the struggle those people must go through feeling like right. you're trapped in the wrong body your whole life. Right. And having to go through the measures that one has to go through to try and alter that. The transition. Yeah, yeah. That, that fight has to be monstrous. I, I, I so much commend I, anyone who can do it. Yeah, I, who, I, who does it? I, I don't pity anyone, but I have sympathy, so much sympathy for those people. You know that that's a fight I can't even imagine. Yeah, the but struggle. I, so so the strength that must be in those people that are able to overcome that. I, I've so, talked before about how. So yeah, you're right. Coming when, out of that particular cause, it must when, be a beast. When we discussed uh, subtle racism, yeah, uh, background racism, that sort of thing. My mom called. She had a ton of homosexual friends, men, men and women, and she had that. she had the whole thing going on where she actually thought less of the males, but she would jokingly call gay women her lizzies. And it's like, Mom, that's wow. not cool. Yeah, that's not uh, complimentary. And... I guess there were just enough people that just accepted that she was just an ignorant bumpkin and let it go. And no one, you know, clocked in her headpiece for it. So I I don't really get how people, um, how people hold on to that their whole lives. I don't either, but part, at least part of it, and I'm not excusing it, but is the, as you put, background part of it, that yeah. they were raised around it, it's soaked into them, they don't necessarily realize sometimes that they're saying something offensive. Yeah. that That's no entire excuse, but like uh, someone I know was going through a class right now to get, a, get a, a new job, and one of the people in their class um, actually said something incredibly inflammatory that someone had been chosen to lead the class. There had to be a class leader. No one wanted to take it. Right. So this one person stepped up and said, okay, I'll do it. It was completely voluntary. And 
Well, that's the kind of thing that becomes involuntary after after a few minutes of people yeah, hemming and, and hauling. And even though nobody else wanted it, and he stepped up and took it, uh, he was reminding them of the rules one day. And one one of them is no smoking, don't fall asleep. You know, yeah. a couple of them. And when he was after he'd moved away, this woman who was older apparently, uh, even than us, said, and and he is a gentleman of color. She said. If someone's not careful, if that boy's not careful, someone's gonna, he's gonna find himself swinging from a tree. And then when people gave her some some blank looks or offended looks, she said, I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm old. Being old's not an excuse to do that. That comes down to, uh, wasn't just racist on one level, there were layers to yeah. that stuff. Well, that, that comes down to, I I have this uh, this thing that I say often, especially when I'm explaining my actions or whatever. I be like, look, it's not an excuse; it's a reason. Those are two different things. Yes, sir. Um, I you know when dealing with like PTSD or whatever, I may say some things that are not uh, conducive to good communication, and I will. The people who are gracious enough to stay in my life uh, will give me side eye or, or you know, some much needed correcting. And I'll be like, look, I'm not excusing. I'm just telling you this is why well, I think, this is why I feel. Well, as these you and I have discussed over the years, that's sort of one of the services we provide for one another. Is yeah. When when we screw up and need need pulled aside, we're usually the friend who will yank the other side and go. Look, I man, still love you, you but you're being a jackass. You're being, you may not, you may not actually know it this time, but you're being a jackass. I know sometimes you know you're doing it. I find, I'm not sure I find you know it funny time. that you're saying that it's me. Oh no, you pulled me aside. Yeah, okay. No, no, it's been both. I've been on both sides of that coin. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm not, I'm not even going to pretend. But uh, uh, so, uh, where were we? Uh, we have a point in everything, and we've stayed uh, yeah. mostly on topic, actually. Well. I mean, I know there, there are people like like the old woman there. She's she's using most definitely using that as an excuse. Yeah, that's an excuse. She that knows that me. she's wrong so and she, still runs with it. Yeah, so she thinks saying, "Well, I'm there. Old, she thinks her being old makes it okay. It doesn't. Yeah, because that anything, right there says she knows worse. she's wrong. Yeah, she knows she said something offensive. If anything, your mom like still to listen. She didn't even really yeah realize it. She didn't, it didn't occur. It to didn't her. dawn on her that that was a wrong thing. She just thought but it was know, a cute term. But you know, the thing is, is the women she hung out with, they didn't care. Like, they were like, Mary, oh, she's so cute. They'd pat her on the head and they'd go about their business. Yeah, because so they knew she it, didn't mean offense by it, but yeah. still. And it, still that, really does, that really does mean a lot. I, intent means a lot in individual interactions. Yeah. Uh, we've, and this is something we've touched on before, and we'll probably do a whole thing about... Uh, but, like, when you're talking about massive corporations, yeah. if they do good, it doesn't matter why they do it. If they, if someone invents a cure for stupid and, or whatever disease, you know, and they market it, and they did it specifically for the market, it doesn't matter as long as people end up healthy. Yeah. Uh, but when you're dealing with individuals, intent matters. A well, lot. I, I think one of the mostly I agree with that, but I think one of the areas where that gets a little muddy is what we're talking about right here. Yeah. Because when you come out to your friends or family 
their intent, they think they're doing good, you right. know, by saying, oh, you're obviously wrong, you're, you're, you're not on the, for wh- whatever you're coming out over, this is wrong. That right. They think they're trying to get you on what they think is the right term, but intent isn't in the right place in that particular case. Right. It, it, that's one of the clay, most, like I said, 99.99% of the time, you're exactly right, because usually the intent is well met. Yeah. Well, but in cases such as we're discussing today, it's usually the opposite. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you know, even if it's someone who cares about you, they could just be saying the wrong things. Like, they just don't know how to put their words together. Yeah. And they end up saying something stupid. Uh, like, my mom also mm-hmm. believed you could kind of catch the gay. Mm-hmm. Um, when that was used to be a pretty common thought, and this, people didn't really understand it. This it is a topic. Wrong, but this is a topic that I have become more comfortable talking about, uh, and you know it. But I was molested as a boy, and uh, my mom was convinced that that was going to make me gay. And I'm like, no, mom. If anything, it would turn me against it. This is not a pleasurable event. Uh, so, even, see, there is a secret that I held for a long time. And my life became so much better once I was capable of examining it and talking about it with people that cared with cared for me. And realizing yeah, you hadn't done anything that wrong. That I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, so there's all kinds of things to come out about. Yeah. Uh, Really we, uh, I think we're going to give another minute or two here, but when we come back, we're going to discuss some, I guess, tactics, mm-hmm. some ways to go about this, and another uh, about coming out to people in any for anything really. And something I'm also going to address when we come back, not right when we come back, but on that half of the show, yeah, is a particular foible that we as heathens have to deal with when coming out of the There's something specific we have to deal with, I thought about. Oh, so yeah. we'll address I th- that. I think so. I know what you're going to talk about. Maybe. So, welcome. <laughs> Stay tuned for the pleasurable half of the show, folks. Mwah! We love you. Wait a minute. Any of this was pleasurable?
And welcome back, everybody. We actually picked up a guest while we were taking a break. And also welcome front, you know, either side you're on. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We talked about wanting to have a guest and... Whatever. One appeared. She just sort of flew in. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I can't... Well, yeah. I guess you could say I flew in considering the speed I drove drove to get down here. You want to introduce me? Uh, some of the people. I think it was a play on your name there, Raven. But whatever. Raven. Uh, that works too. Yeah. That works some, too. Some of the folks may recognize our guest who uh, listen to this show and the one that precedes it. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself here? Hi, I'm Raven Firedall. Um, yeah, I'm one of the co-hosts of the Tree of Life Hour, and apparently my other half and Bully kind of just said, "Hey, you're here. Sit down. We need a guest to talk for there, a few minutes." There are things that you've come out about, so. Yeah, uh, oh. talk about those in whatever particular order you feel. Okay, well let's see. Um, let's see. Um, as far as being pagan and heathen, I'm actually pretty out about it. I just I refuse to hide it. But did you ever have a moment where you had to come out, or was it just there for you? For me, it was just there. I just I was very just boom. It I didn't I don't know. And I guess. You know, I don't really have an issue with my parents about that. Um, now, the whole sexuality thing, like with my parents, it's kind of a don't ask, don't tell situation, which works. They really don't pry too much into my personal life, and I really just don't tell them too much about my personal life, and it works. But, and this is where it's fun being a li- having a listener and or having yeah. a guest and it not being us, but is there a reason you haven't just came out of the closet to them about it? And just been like... Hey, hey, look, Mom, uh, Dad, this is who I am. This, this is, is a how thing. I am. Um, honestly, because I've never been in a serious enough relationship with someone of the same sex that I felt like it needed explanation. It needed, it needed to be explained. Yeah, that makes sense. That's and, and it's kind of like you know, I don't, you know, my parents are of an older generation. Although for for their generation, I will say they're rather open-minded they know I'm pagan they don't hide it I mean they don't you know it's kind of like you know, it, it's a thing and they you know it's like they're still Catholic they still do their Christ the, the they're kind of not even C&E Catholics anymore they're kind of like recovering ah. Catholics the funny part is we, we used that very early yeah on, on this broadcast before you were here um but no. you actually did prove a point and what we, you know we said earlier that there are all kinds of things to come out about there are yeah. also all kinds of reasons not to like most people think, like you and I were talking, the bad reasons, like why you never came out to your mom, why I had a problem coming out to my parents. She, with her, it was just, well, it was never an issue. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if if I were in a serious enough relationship, you're saying if you were in a serious enough relationship with a woman, you, you'd come out to them, but you never have been, so why, so, why make it an issue? So right. once off transitions, you'll have to tell them. I, 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 oh, I guess I'm going to have to. found it up out. <laughs> found out? I'm the one that set up your doctor's You mean transition to a human? <laughs> you mean what? you're going to... You're gonna you're going to cut his tail um, off? And we mm. need to make some different arrangements because I've been talking to the wrong doctors. Darn it. Uh, I was okay. looking forward uh, to your boobs. <laughs> well, I've got moves. Like um, that doesn't count. Um, did, 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 didn't anybody give you the memo you had to call a veterinarian for him sometimes on some days? You know who Michelle is, right? Yeah, we got that covered, dude. Um, um, true. <laughs> there, there were lots of things that were going into this, most of them cosmetic. Look at that face. Comedy reasons aside, and we do a lot of comedy here, it's how we roll. Uh, The other thing I wanted to address before we get into... um, Into tactics. Into tactics, is something that can be a foible, a a tripping point for 
That's been your Even, word for today. It has been my word Foibles. today. I get, I get words, and that's the one I'm hung up on today for some reason. That can be a real tripping point or sticking point for heathens coming out is some people's reactions when they realize what uh, what it means to be whatever term you use, heathen, Asatru, Norse pagan, uh, they immediately go, oh, so you're racist. Because unfortunately, even though there's, as we've discussed on this program and Raven's this, Raven and I, in fact, when I was on there, on her program many times, Ooh, the, racist, the racist are actually the minority in Asatru, yeah. but they're the loudest. They're very vocal, so they right. get the attention. Whereas those of us who aren't racist, we're quiet unless there's something to be noisy about. Like when we have to make a point about, uh, like say, getting the Thor's hammer on uh, tombstones yeah. for, for soldiers. Or when we vocally have to say, no, we're not freaking racist. You know, they make us have to be vocal. So that can, but that can be a, a problem because what I do you do? I think a lot of us just basically live the life and so it doesn't even become a topic. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't dawn on us. But I mean... I was, I was also true for probably five six years before before it even dawned on me. And the way it really hit me was I was walking down the street one day, you know. And as as we've discussed before, I've always got my hammer on. And I've always got my hammer out too. <laughs> we may mean those in different ways, but and a guy walks by me and says, "Hail, brother!" And it it didn't dawn on me at first because hail is a way we sometimes greet each other. But yeah. I realized he said hail. And he hit his chest. I was like, oh, "Fuck me!" He thinks I'm a racist. Because I also, for those who've never seen my ugly face, you've been spared. But I usually don't have any hair. Uh, well, I, nature takes care of most of that nature, for you. Yeah, and I just meet the punch like and meet the rest of the way. But two thirds. <laughs> <laughs> quiet your face for a moment. So I <laughs> tend to have a bald head, and I often keep it shaved completely to the skin because the stubble annoys me. But it, me too. But, but it, it dawned on me right then. I'm like, Tapes my butt. I'm like, holy crap. He th- he's probably a racist and thinks I am. Oh, but that... Where did that come from? That yeah. leads into just what? a well, future topic. Uh, fundamentalist pagans. Yeah, as we've said before, uh, we're going to discuss that probably next week. Yeah, we've had... We've, had, uh, well, we've all encountered people who... Once they realize you're pagan in some fel- in some form, their entire dialogue changes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry. And something else, like I worked a job for many years that um, being most people don't know. She's 110 years old. <laughs> Not that old. We're older than you, so yeah. Shut up. No, I think continue. I think I'm older than you. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Continue with your jobbings. Okay. So. There was this job I had for for many many years, um, and one of the big things is that basically working in and around law enforcement, there's always been this perception of um, heathen Osetru equals white supremacist. And for years, I I never wore my hammer at work. Never never wore my I hammer at work. See, this is this is a coming out story. I just I realize where you're going with this. Go ahead. Yeah, and. It just, I didn't, I just didn't feel, you know, I just didn't want, I myself didn't want to be associated with the, with the lunatic fringe. So what I did was I just, you know, I either wore a Volknot or a rune or something. Something where if you're not in the know, you're well, not. Say, but it's been my, uh, my experience that the Volknot brings out way more of the racist than the Mjolnir does. Well. And. It, I think because it's more esoteric, that 
more people have you have to know what you're talking about to know what it is. Right. Or have ever watched Charmed. Fuck, I hate that show. No. No, I'm just talking about, but the mainstream public does not know what a Volknot is. Right. Versus more of the mainstream public tend to know what the hammer is. Well, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I was wearing the knot so much was because, you Or the Hummelval was something you wore to work quite a bit too. Yeah, my Hummelval, I wore that a lot too. Um, but, so finally, you know, um, there's a deity who was kind of kicking me in, my, in the butt. Why aren't you wearing a hammer? to work. Now, right now, I'm not wearing a hammer because I don't have a, a hammer that has been gifted to me by, by Ulf. Right now, the, the, what I'm wearing is actually something that Ulf gifted to me. So, But, um, I start wearing my hammer to work, and there were several people just like, Raven? You're like that? You, you. You're like that? I'm like, like what? Like one of them. And I'm like, one of them who? What, pagan? And basically, it came out that they thought I was a white supremacist. And I'm like, uh, you've known me for how many years now? You've seen me yell at people for, um, being stupid and saying such words as the N-word, um, making racist statements, stuff like that. I mean, you know, and then they're just like, well, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no. And I even said, you know. Here's a really good allegory for you. And I'm like, you're Christian, right? And they agreed. Yeah, I'm Christian. I'm like, okay. So, i got a question for you. You know, I basically asked them what church they went to. I'm like, alright, so do you happen to agree with Westboro Baptist Church? Would you, like, hate gay people and protest at military soldiers' funerals and this and that? And they're just like, uh, no. And I'm like, okay. Because kind of like the lunatic fringe the Nazis for us is kind of like the Westboro Baptists for Christians. And that's always... Except more Nazi. Except more Nazi, yeah. But, I mean, for, for someone who's, who's coming from a Christian background, especially someone who's kind of a liberal Christian, they can kind of... That's, that's something that they can relate to. And that's an allegory, a good allegory that they can draw from. Right. Well, something, and, too, that I think, because I've heard you tell this story before, that was seemed to be a surprise to some of them because you had to have that talk with more than one person, I know. Uh -huh. Some of them seemed surprised that there was any kind of spirituality attached to it at all. They just assumed racism right. was all right. that was attached to those symbols. So right. it was a your your coming out of work was an eye opening for some people and, and hopefully well, it was, I, I and the thing was is with, that I never really hit it. It's just I never I never actually wore a hammer or said the word also true. I just Right. You know Well as we said earlier we also through it <laughs> tend to be quiet about things unless they need mentioning. Yeah, it's we don't tend to rub things in people's faces. Well <laughs> take except a shot. for though, you know. Take a shot, Alex. And, um, and speaking of Ossetru, Thor is letting his opinion known in the background. It's storming right now. <laughs> while we're taping this. Yeah, he's being nice and girly. He's slaying a lot of trolls up there. So the the back half of the show here though, we were gonna talk about uh tactics. On how to how to successfully come out of this with something resembling your dignity and and hopefully uh, give yourself less anxiety about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, that's, that's what I mean. You know, so no one's wetting the floor like you did. Bad doggy. Um. Um. 
So you want to start, uh, Bully, because you had a really good one I liked. So and I'm which one? I talk about all. Uh, oh, bringing information. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, you know what you know about you and and your things. Everybody else doesn't. So whatever whatever the topic is, if you have any kind of information you can bring, if you have studies that reveal that homosexuality is not a choice. Uh, if you have any scripture related to the person you're dealing with that backs up your things, always good. Uh, it will probably anger them right away. But if you can put it to them the way you were talking about, from yeah. their own point of view, from that will actually view, help. Be like, hey, look, you know. Uh, and, and for Catholics, for people who have Catholic families out there, a really good one is um, the whole Ask an Endless story, how it relates to Adam and Eve. Oh, then. yeah. It's it's something it's something rather esoteric with the Catholic Church that they they kind of said they incorporated Norse mythology. Yeah, in a weird in a weird sort of odd way. way. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I think I think what you really it, it's an it, odd thing, but it it works for some people. If uh, if you just need basically any information explaining what it is that you believe yeah. or whatever whatever is different between you and they uh, bring that with you read it ahead of time so that you know exactly what it says yeah, so that you know what you're showing them don't print something out off the computer going oh this has got it and having not read that it's like, uh, like a couple of friends of mine had asked me to perform their marriage and they they brought me this like eight pages of really convoluted ritual and they wanted all of it there and I was like, hey, let's let's cut that down a little bit. And then uh, and then when we did get into it, they cut me off and skipped like three steps ahead. That was mostly he. I know because the he was me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, next step, or maybe even for, I guess these steps can go in whatever order you need them to. Yeah. But well, gathering your information, that can happen at any point just before, before talking to... The talking happens, yeah. And, and I would also like to point out, go for the person, like, if you're going to come out, go for the person that you think it's going to be the most difficult to explain it to. Go to them first. Yeah, if you have to come to people separately. Yeah, because and everything will be easier after that. As far as Bully was talking about information, um, I know the Troth on their website has some really good, like, printouts that they give to the stewards to hang out, yeah. hand yeah, out that, at Pagan Pride Day that was written from written for an, either a non-pagan or a non-heathen audience that actually, it's very simple, very basic, very, and, and you know, it, it right. puts people's fears aside. It's, it's actually really cool the way they wrote it. It, it is. I, I'm familiar with some of the paperwork. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, so I have these other people here. They think of things I don't. Um, but also, but you just sound like an idiot sitting here saying you're part of the conversation by yourself. Right, I'm waiting for responses that aren't. It, it'd be like that, you know, like a the, uh, telephone the Blink episode. Love that episode. Um, it's a Buffy reference. No, Doctor Who. Doctor. Oh, I was yeah. thinking when he ha when he has the one-sided conversation with the camera. I love that one too. Yeah. That's, um, that's where the whole wibbly wobbly timey wimey came from. Yeah. The the next thing I'm going to bring up. Uh, Odds are, even though you're coming out to whoever family or whatever about yeah. about paganism or like we said to be something else, uh, odds are you have at least one friend or something that you've told that you have confided this in. 
So when or you has go, figured it out on or has own. figured it out and doesn't judge you. So when you go to come out to people, bring your backup. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having somebody there, even if they don't say a word, who you know has your back and believes in you, and with them everything's going to be okay. Believes. Believes. Well, and this reminds me of something that happened in high school, at least when I went to high school, one of my buddies. There's a certain, sorry, Raven, I just need to get this out. There's a certain amount of confidence that comes from knowing somebody's there that supports you, yeah. that can help you, because you could back out. You yeah. know, if you don't have backup, if you have backup, you're a lot less likely to back out, and you're probably going to feel a lot better and maybe not deal with as much of that anxiety, which we all know firsthand, and we all have a lot of friends to deal with, so... But you were saying, Raven? Okay, so I had a friend back in high school. Um, I was a senior. That's when you he had friends? I knew there was a point at some point. Really? Anyhow, come on, come on. Come on. Do you want to sleep, on, sleep on, 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 on the porch tonight? It's raining. I'll be okay. Go ahead. Anyway, anyway um, no, it was a friend of mine from uh, back in high school, and... I was a senior, um, he had just started his sophomore year, and of course all of us were running around. We all knew that he was gay. Well, he comes back from summer vacation, and God love him, he like runs around at, at the lunch table, you know, tells all of us that he's gay, and we all just look at him and go like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I know, and? And he's like, but I'm gay! And? But I'm gay! Like, you're still the same person you were five minutes ago. We've all known this. We all know you like guys. We've known it. We just were wondering when you were going to figure it out yourself. And sometimes you'll get that reaction, too. I had almost the exact same conversation with uh, a friend of mine and my girlfriend at the time. We were walking home from school, and we were actually going to head to the park afterwards. And he got very solemn and quiet and... Uh, he's like, well, I, I, you guys are very close to me, and I need you to know that I'm gay. And we're like, yeah, dude, you dye your hair bright red and insist people call you Reba. We know. <laughs> and there, you, I've known since the moment I met you. Pretty, pretty much one of those cases of a badly kept secret. Yes. Yes. Oh wow. Uh, but, and another thing, and, and this is a mistake that people make about any kind of big topics that they need to share mm-hmm. for the love of all you hold dear do not do it in public do not think that a restaurant will stop your sexist racist whatever grandmother from having a fit because some people will strike you in public regardless some people are actually encouraged by the fact that they can make a scene out of it and yeah. some people will turn it up to 11 or 12 yeah well, I yeah. think that's what he was saying about the grandma slapping also, the cake Also, um, Thanksgiving dinner. Also a bad time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we have a friend... Go for quality, not quantity, when it yeah. comes to the number of people you're telling. Because, uh, as, as it's going to sound like one of our comedy routines, but Bowie and I actually have a friend whose experience was, at a Thanksgiving dinner, I'm gay, pass the potatoes. <laughs> and now it was different because his mother was also in a very long-term lesbian relationship at that point. Yeah. And she still got kind of angry And she had an adverse reaction. Yeah, and here's always the, came off funny to the me. Funnier like part funny, is, the know. funnier part is that uh, Gordo isn't actually gay. 
He was he messing was with them. Testing yeah. the waters, I think, to bring out that he was pagan. Uh, yeah, that knew, went down a lot easier yeah, after that, knew, didn't it? He knew that, but he knew that uh, gay would be an easier topic because of who he was talking to. Yeah. But she got pissed because of when he decided to say it. Yeah, it wasn't what she and told I him. Think, and I think because she knew he was lying. Uh, and that's another point is be 100% earnest in what you're saying, yeah. what you're doing. Don't don't play up any stereotype that they want, that you think they want you to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, live up to who you are. Don't live down to their expectations. Or up to, if, however, whatever however angle you're coming at. I worked with uh, a gentleman some years ago who, while at work, was mega flamboyant. I mean... He flounced when he walked. Um, it was just constant gestures and hip swishing and everything, right? Right. Very f- well-dressed gentleman, always suit, hair impeccably kept. This is who he is. Uh, one, day, one, day, one day we were setting up end caps, and that's when I worked for Lord Taylor. Oh, is, uh, this, is this not the same gentleman who likes getting dirty in those seats? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, no, completely different topic. Okay. Uh, no, it was when I was working at Lord Taylor. Okay. And uh, the general manager, uh, John, comes in. Like, that's just who he was. That's all we had ever experienced was this just flame on, this absolute Johnny Storm of a gay guy, right? <laughs> I love that reference. Uh, right? I'm with you. And... So when I came in on a Saturday because we had a bunch of setup to do, and his husband, his domestic partner at the time, because they, it wasn't quite legal yet, right. um, had come in and he and I were working very closely together. His husband's a man, man, like he, very stereotypical, butch kind of dude, you know, and had, um, yeah, he was the flannel wearer of the pair, and. John flits by and says something fruity, and as he goes by, and I promise I am not being derogatory, this really is how John was. His his partner looks at me and goes, God, I hate when he does that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, when he prances around, he's like, he's not like that at home. He's putting on a show here. And I'm like, I was flabbergasted. I'm yeah, like, because you just found out that yeah. what you thought was a person you knew is a mask. Yeah, and so don't do that. If yeah. you're if you're coming out, don't feel like you have to be a stereotype. If you're coming out as gay to your parents, do not um, do not grow a lisp at that point. Don't don't start swishing. Don't do anything differently than you normally do. I mean, if, just if, be yourself yeah, and, and, and talk it, to them. And, and it goes the other way too. If that's how you behave, if, yeah, don't if stop. If you're the kind that's very flamboyant, don't feel like you have to turn that off and be Johnny right. Macho in front of them or whatever. Be who you are. Right. Be how and, you are. Be the way that God's made you, man. And for for Asa True or any any pagan path that you're you're on, don't change the verbiage that you use. To have these conversations, if you start, if you start talking to your parents and you're throwing merry meat and blessed, uh, bees. blessed bees into the conversation, they're not going to think that you're weird. They're going to know it. Don't give them that ammunition. Yeah, don't give them fodder. So just be who you are, and be who you've been around them, 
and let this information integrate. Yeah. Slowly. Do not. And if yeah, the culture shock is really going to throw. Don't people. always bombard people. You you need to disseminate some of the information. Yes. You know, so so you know that seems to be a little contrary to what we said earlier. Bring information, but at the same time, be careful how much you feed yeah. them at once. Give them a little bit of information if they want more. If they actually well, want and, more, and that give should, it to them in time. You that know? should be like whatever you bring. That information, you should have your conversation first, and then yeah. be like, "Look, I think that this will help you understand better. Right. Take your time. Yeah, and then and don't interfere. Don't interrupt with them after that. Yeah, and kind of know your audience, like." If there's somebody that works better by having things read to them, maybe you know, give them a couple of, of the things that you have as, as information yeah. to point to. If there if there's somebody who's better percep better receptive through reading, bring a packet and hand it to them. Right. To hear this is information about you know I'm I'm going to stick with the core thing here, but it, this is information about the Osage path. This is just a little bit to kind of let you know why I feel attached to it. If you have any questions. And Come talk to me. If you want to know more, I can tell you. I can give you more info or tell you more. And I think probably the last thing we need to touch on here. And to be fair, go in expecting. Yeah, that's it. Oh, go That's where you're going with Stop it. it. Sorry, I'm ahead of myself or his self. Um, <laughs> be prepared mm -hmm. for the anxiety. Be prepared for the backlash. Yeah. So. Whatever euphemism you want to use, spoons, mana, spell slots, whatever. Make sure, you're Make sure the day. your day is prepared and revolving around this thing. Because do not do it on a day where you're going to have to go to work, where you're going to have to go do other things. Be prepared for this to be the entirety of your day. Yeah, because it's better to go in expecting that anger and backlash and get, oh, I knew, it's fine. Than to go in expecting, and oh, I knew it was fine, and have, and have to deal and get all the backlash and anger and not be prepared to deal with it and have to carry that around the rest of your day. Yeah. You have to carry it around the rest of your day regardless, but if you're prepared for it, it's at least a little easier. Yeah. Um, and that I think that is probably the biggest thing, is make sure that you are prepared, like emotionally, mm -hmm. that you're not going to... That you're not going to lose your and, shit in and, the middle of it. And I, I can tell you straight out, I am definitely not being a hypocrite here. I actually followed these steps when, when I came out to my mom. Like I said, turns out I didn't need to. I was lucky. But uh, you, you can ask Raven. I had information prepared in my head to, to parallel to them and try to explain things. Yeah, to and them. I think I was right I there was, in the room. She with was you. my back. She was. She was my backup. So you know, I had all these things ready. But you know, this, this isn't. We're pra we practice what we preach over here. So. You know, and hey, you know, nothing else. If you need sources for some of the info and stuff, don't be afraid to call us. To call into that listener line that we, oh, that yeah. we plug all the we time. We haven't we haven't done that at all this a episode. Maybe uh, your opening. I know it now. See, ha ha. Oh, okay. All right, uh, you can yeah, call the PTRN this. listener line at uh, well, it's the Tree of Life hour listening listener line. Anyhow, five zero two two seven six five six six five. Uh, we're also on Facebook. On Facebook and this weird at this weird road on Facebook and this weird road at gmail.com. Um, there's that. We also have our monthly moots. And, and hey, if you need to come out, and nobody else has got your back. Call me. I'll be your backup. That's not even a joke. Yep. Uh, of course, I think some strangers 
showing up to your parents' <laughs> house might, might be, be a, a little problem. weird, but you know we'll work on uh, that as we get there. But we also we're doing our moots and uh, at fifty three sixteenth third. Okay, uh, it was just solidified between the other two people here. Uh, we're going to do third Friday of every month at fifty three sixteen Bardstown Road. Uh, it's the Hibachi Sushi Buffet, and come in, tell them you're with the group. They'll point you to us. Yeah, and we'd love to know, see some stranger faces. We, we'd always love to see new faces. Stranger than the ones we already see. Which some of which are pretty strange, but you know, it's always good to get, get good to get new points of view on things. Right. I am not speaking the good English words today. You don't. You don't have the good talky talky parts. No. Right. But uh, <laughs> we do need to wrap this up. So. Um, you know, we're done blathering at you for this week. Keep uh, your wits as sharp as your swords, and uh, I think we're gonna. We are definitely gonna come at you next week with uh, uh, belligerent pagans, a AKA pagan fundamentalists, because yeah. they're out there. Some people think it's an oxymoron, but uh, there's plenty of morons involved. All right, good night. Then. Night, folks. <laughs> good night, folks. Listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 